informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be on with you. Today is Tuesday, December 26th, the Feast of St. Stephen. And you know what happened on the Feast of St. Stephen. Well, a good King Wenceslaus went out on the Feast of Stephen. If you didn't know, just so you're aware, that's what that song is referring to. Now, St. Stephen being a deacon and the first martyr, he has a very impressive story. And I was going to tell it to you, but I figured... Maybe St. Paul could tell it better than I could, considering he was there, right? So from Acts chapter 6, it talks about, Now Stephen, full of grace and fortitude, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Now to pause right there, now Professor Plinio commenting on this, he made the point that whenever he says full of grace, it's interesting that he's being paralleled with Our Lady. How much of a grace must it have been? And how great of a man must St. Stephen have been if he was referred to in a similar manner in which Our Lady was referred to? That's something to think about. It goes on and says, Now there arose some of that which is called synagogue of the Libertines and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and those of Sicilia and Asia disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit that spoke. Now, here's the interesting thing. It shows you the divisions among the synagogues, the division among the Jews. They did not have a unified religion, even in the first century. Now, the other thing to note is that they began to dispute with St. Stephen. So notice the first thing that St. Stephen does is he makes wonders and miracles among the people. And yet The synagogues, the different groups of the Jews, did not believe in him, despite the fact that he was doing miracles in front of them. And so what happens? They dispute. They say, well, I charge you and let us have a disputation. Let's have an argument. And so St. Stephen begins to have arguments with them. And yet they were not able to resist his wisdom because he was so intelligent with the Holy Ghost. They, They started to convert because we start seeing in the continues Now, hearing these things, they were cut to the heart, but they gnashed with their teeth at him. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly to heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. Now, for them, this is a blasphemy to say something of someone who they see as man. Of course, we know with truth that this is Christ who is God. And so they crying out with a loud voice stopped their ears and with one accord rushed violently upon him and casting him out of the city. They stoned him. The witness laid down their garments at the feet of a young man whose name was Saul. Now this Saul would be Paul and he's the one who wrote acts of the apostles him or St. Luke uh, wrote acts of the apostles And so that's where we get the testimony of St. Stephen from St. Paul himself, who was there at the event. So what do we see? And we see this today with the enemies of Christ. Whenever you start to do miracles, to do great things, to show forth the miraculous things that God has planned for us, 
they immediately are like, okay, and they start questioning you and saying, oh, but I don't believe that. Uh, show me a source for that. Uh, show me where that is in citations. Oh, I want to see the original Latin. Oh, that's, I don't like that translation. And so you start disputing and then you start knocking down their objections one by one by one. And what do they do? Without fail, they will stop their ears and they will stop listening to you because they are not genuinely trying to argue with you. They are just simply trying to destroy your argument to try to make the weaker argument the stronger, which is the definition of sophism. And the Holy Scripture goes on, it says, and they stone Stephen, invoking and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice saying, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep in the Lord. And so that is the story of St. Stephen. Now, what should we pray to St. Stephen for on this, his feast day? Well, let us pray that we be given the spirit to succeed in disputation, that we have a spirit of a martyr, that way we too may live and die for Christ. Let us have the courage, the fortitude, and the prudence of Stephen to not shirk away whenever controversy arises. St. Stephen the martyr, pray Pray for for us. us. Joining us right now is Rudy Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, dear listener. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful Christmas season. Happy to be here. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. I am so happy to be here. And my favorite time of the year, the Christmas season. And I got to tell you, Rudy, um, I had a great Christmas. Really? I had a really good Christmas. I was going to try to, I was trying to make it to all three of the Christmas masses, but I'll be honest. I didn't wake up for the first mass or for the second mass. I went to midnight mass and then I was going to wake up at eight in the morning to go to the second mass and my alarm went off and I was like, oh, you were going for a three Pete, but I did make it to the third mass. Wow. So I did two out of three. Almost did it. Almost did it. Wow. So praise be to God. And I got to say, I got the coolest gift um, just now. (laughs) I got a, uh, a couple of cases of nine millimeter ammunition. Huh. Wonder who got that for it. I think it was Santa Claus, actually. Sandy Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus came in clutch this year. I was very appreciative. Uh, no, it was from Rudy. Thank you very much, Rudy. I much appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome. The, F- the ATF now wants to know your location. Um, they have it. <laughs> I'm sure they have it. No problem for them. They're they're set to go. Now, there are a number of stories that are coming up, and Rudy and I will share our Christmas um, experiences over the weekend. We'll share that during the show today, so you want to stick with us. There's a number of stories that were very concerning that we need to discuss, but I don't want to talk about them today, to be honest. It's Christmas. I it's We're in the octave of Christmas for the next eight days. days. Or 50 days. Uh, for the, well, the octave will be the next eight days. The Christmas season will be until February. But we are celebrating Christmas still. So uh, maybe tomorrow we'll talk about them since, I mean, we got to talk about them, right? These things are uh, pretty breaking stories. But I'm not going to talk about the, the document from the Vatican that will not be named um, maybe tomorrow. But today I'm not going to talk about it. I want to talk about St. Bonaventure's Christmas sermon. He gave a killer sermon on the 12 miracles that happened at the birth of Christ. So we'll talk about that sermon uh, coming up in this hour. Plus, Christmas decorations are an opportunity to bring Christ to our neighbors. Are you taking your Christmas decorations down already? It's only 
the second day of Christmas. Yesterday was the first. Today is the second day of Christmas. Why are you taking down your Christmas decorations? Leave them up. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, plus, there are some other stories that if we have time, maybe, just maybe, we'll get to. But uh, that's the plan for today. Uh, plus, Rudy and I will share with uh, share with you what our Christmas experience was like. Um, and I'm trying to think. There's one other thing that I needed to bring. Oh, car raffle. Ha-ha. I didn't forget. GRNonline.com forward slash raffle. You can buy raffle tickets and you can pay it forward. It's really simple. All you have to do is buy a ticket for yourself and buy a ticket for someone else, especially since we are still in the Christmas season. Um, if you did not get a gift for that special person in your life, um, then think about buying one. Buy it. Go to GRNonline.com forward slash raffle. All right. Let's begin with prayer. We're going to be praying for your intentions, that you have a blessed and holy and very Merry Christmas. We're praying for the salvation of souls, the liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church, for our friends, family, benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. O divine infant Jesus, I have recourse to thee. Please, through thy blessed Mother, assist me in this necessity, because I firmly believe that thy divinity can help me. I hope with confidence to obtain thy holy grace. I love thee with all my heart and with all the strength of my soul. I repent sincerely of my sins and I beg thee, O good Jesus, to grant me the strength to triumph over them. I resolve never more to offend thee and I come to offer myself to thee with the intention of enduring everything rather than to displease thee. Henceforth, I desire to serve thee with fidelity and for the love of thee, O divine infant, I will love my neighbor as myself. All powerful infant, O Jesus, I implore thee again, assist me in this need. Grant me the grace of possessing thee eternally with Mary and Joseph, and of adoring thee with the angels in the heavenly court. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Merry Christmas. Uh, You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here's some breaking news and headlines for you. Remember that Chinese spy balloon that uh, crossed the United States? Well, the Biden administration officials tried to hide it. The U.S. was uh, gathering sensitive intel before it was shot down. I don't blame you if you forgot that story, by the way. It's a bit of a memory hold story. Foreshadowing? Before it was spotted publicly, there was an intention to study it and let it pass over and not let anyone know about it, a former official explained to NBC News. President Biden eventually had the balloon, which traveled across the continental U.S., shot down after it reportedly collected intelligence from sensitive military sites. The balloon was not just shot down on February 4th, after it had made a several-day journey across the states and potentially over sensitive military sites and exited over over South Carolina to the Atlantic Ocean, they said. And Congress launches an investigation into the Osprey program after the deadly crash in Japan. The entire Osprey fleet remains grounded following the November 29th crash in Japan with the exception of limited Marine Corps flights and emergencies. More than 50 U.S. service members have died in Osprey crashes over the lifespan of the program, and 20 of those died in four crashes over the last 20 months. Shortly after the November 29th crash, the Air Force said that a malfunction of the aircraft, not a mistake by the crew, was probably the cause. If this is the case, it'll be the second known fatal crash caused by a mechanical problem with the aircraft in a year. The Osprey is a fast-moving airframe that can fly like both a helicopter and an airplane, 
but it has many crashes and uh, have led critics to warn it has fatal design flaws. And conservatives in Italy slam blasphemous same-sex nativity scene. You hate to hear stories like this during Christmas, but, you know, this is what our enemies are doing. A church nativity scene in Italy that features two mothers and the baby Jesus instead of the traditional Mary and Joseph has sparked anger among conservative Catholics in the country. A priest responsible for the same-sex nativity scene defended it amid the outrage, saying, quote, I wanted to show with this scene that families are no longer just the traditional ones, unquote. Father Vitiliano della Sala said in an interview with Reuters. An Italian pro-life group has called the display shameful and blasphemous and has called for the Bishop of Avellino to intervene in its removal. Those are some of your headlines this morning, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. I have a couple more stories you don't want to miss. The Gospel of the Day comes from Matthew chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. Verse 17 says, But beware of men, for they will deliver you up in councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. There you go. We're going to talk about this verse before we move on to any of the other ones. Verse 17, Cornelius Lapide commenting on this says, The magistrates and judges, lest by them ye be condemned as blasphemers of God, or rather of the gods, because here he's talking about it could be the Jews, but also the Gentiles. They will both persecute you. The Jews will accuse you of blaspheming God, for you say that Christ is God. And the, of course, the Gentiles will accuse you of blaspheming the gods with an S because you deny their existence. And you say all the gods of the pagans are demons. And so for that reason, both the Jews and the Gentiles will persecute you. Now, the Syriac has it, according to Cornelius Lapide, they shall deliver you into the house of judgments. He says, beware of men, one, because they are false and treacherous men who shall bring you to councils and before judges. He gives the example, he says, like today in England and Scotland and Japan, this is happening. Now, of course, he's talking about England then, but what about today? Are Christians being persecuted today? Hmm, I wonder, throughout the world, perhaps here in America, all over the world, the Armenians, the Armenian genocide, anyone, all these things. He said, the insidious men will lay traps for you to try to prepare perplexing and political questions in order to catch you with words out of your mouth against the laws or sovereigns so that they may accuse you to them. He said, the persecutors will seek to kill you. So beware. This is important for us to keep in mind. It's a very practical advice from God and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, of course, the last thing to note here is that he says that we should not worry, though, for the spirit of the Father shall speak it in you. So we should be prepared, prepare ourselves to mentally prepare ourselves, be well studied. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the brass tacks, don't worry, for our Lord will take care of you. He takes care of the plants and the animals. How much more? You and I will be right back. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years, you know, because there's so much trash. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take 
on how to deal with day-to-day reality. If your purpose in life is to find God, not just here, but after you die, then living out that purpose is going to color absolutely everything you do. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Listen to The Spirit World with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Demonic activity appears to be on the rise. I'm Debbie Giorgiani, and I invite you to join Adam Bly and me this weekend for The Spirit World. On The Spirit World, we offer a Catholic perspective on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. Saturdays at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Guadalupe Radio Network and other EWTN radio affiliates. Visit grnonline.com slash spiritworld. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be on with you on this Christmas day. Can you believe it? We're still in the Christmas season. In fact, we're in the Christmas octave. Are you still celebrating Christmas? Did you take your decorations down? I hope not, because we're just getting started. We're just getting started for the Christmas season, so I hope that you are just getting ready to celebrate because I'm very, very excited. I, I love Christmas. It's one of my favorite times of year, and I don't care what anybody says. There's a lot of naysayers out there who may be like, you know, Christmas is not the biggest feast day of the year. Don't you know that Easter is a greater feast day? Yes, objectively speaking, Easter is the greatest feast day of the year. And technically speaking, Christmas is, I think, the fourth or fifth of the uh, highest feast of the year. I think it's if I'm not mistaken, trying to go off of my memory, it's Easter, then it's Pentecost, then it's Epiphany, and then it's Christmas in terms of the order of holidays. But in my heart, Christmas is my favorite. It is. I love it. I love it. And I have a new favorite Christmas song, Cholito Jesus. We had a caller call in yes last week when we were taking calls about favorite Christmas songs, and it was recommended Cholito Jesus. And I looked it up, and it is adorable. It is an adorable song sung by kids. And <laughs> one of the lines in the song is, uh, and and Jesus was born, and we all know it, right here in Peru. And it's just so adorable. So their kids are singing about the little cute baby Jesus and how he was born here in Peru. And it's such, it's so beautiful because you think about the fact that we – have this devotion to our Lord and we want to relate to him. And so we just adopt him as a citizen of our country. We adopt him as the king of our country. We adopt him as being part of our peoples because we want him to be. And so I think it's adorable that one of the lines in the song is that he, he was born right here in Peru. I think it's, it's, it's great. I, I love it. I love it. So thank you for people who recommended different Christmas songs, especially cultural Christmas songs. We love to have that. I think that's always something great to keep in mind, especially during the Christmas season. Now, before we jump into something else, I wanted to read the Sermon of St. Bonaventure, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but I did want to go back to the saint of the day, or not the saint of the day, the gospel of the day, because the gospel of the day, there was a section here that I wanted to cover, but it was too long. It wouldn't fit in what we were talking about, and so it's worth talking about, though, because we live in times where we may one day have to be martyrs, and we one day may have to suffer greatly for God, but it's also possible that we may not. It's possible that things will be fine. And so 
Cornelius Lapide, when he comments on the passage from the gospel today where it says, but beware of men for they will deliver you up in councils and they will scourge you in their synagogues and you shall be brought before the governors and before kings for my sake for a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. And this is what it says, right? And he says that brother shall deliver up brother to death and the father and the son, the children shall rise up against their parents and shall put them to death. This is important. It says, you shall be hated by all men for my namesake, but he that shall persevere unto the end, he shall be saved. Now, two things that are important here. One is it shows you once that once saved, always saved is false because it says that you shall who who shall persevere unto the end shall be saved. Meaning there's a possibility that you will not persevere into the end because you have the opportunity to deny Christ, to reject our Lord's mercy. You have the other opportunity. You can do that. And so you have to persevere into the end and you shall be saved. Who does that? Now, the other thing is, let's say this doesn't happen to you. You are not taken before the magistrates. You're not taken before the judges. You are not taken before the king. Maybe that won't happen to you. Then what? Cornelius Lapide says, no one needs say I have been born in an inauspicious time. I cannot be a martyr. There is no Nero now, no Decius now. Anyone can be a martyr if he manfully resists lusts, fears, temptations for the love of God. Thy cupidity is audacious to thee. Thy fear a Nero. Thy temptation is a Julian. Thy companion persecutes thee laughs at thee, calumniates thee, fever, cold, asthma, torments thee. If thou bear these patiently for the love of God, thou art a martyr of patience like Job was. Gluttony goads thee to swill in wine and delicacies. Resist, and thou art a martyr of abstinence like Daniel. Ambition attracts thee to raise thyself above others, to aim at high dignities. Pluck it from thy mind, and thou art a martyr of humility and modesty like St. Francis. Does thy superior bid thee to do hard things, which are repugnant to thy feelings? Obey, conquering thyself, and thou art a martyr of obedience like Abraham when he offered up Isaac. Does lust titillate thee? Mortify it by fasting. Crucify it by hair shirts, and thou shalt be a martyr of chastity, as Joseph was. Study, teach, preach, labor, go to the Indians that they may save perishing souls, and thou art a martyr of charity, like a blessed Xavier. So, let none of us say that we do not live in times where we can be martyrs, because you and I do have opportunities to be martyrs today. Maybe we, we, we will be like St. Stephen. Maybe one day we will have to physically die for Christ. But until then, until that day comes, let us be martyrs in the everyday sense. Let us be martyrs and crucify and die to ourselves. Let's die to ourselves and give up our gluttonies, our lust, our temptations, our fears. Let's get rid of them all. Was to attack them one by one and let though the old man die so the new man may live. Let us decrease so that way he may increase. I think that's something important to keep in mind, especially on this during the Christmas season. Something beautiful and wonderful to get during this season. Okay, 
on to other things. We're going to talk about the Sermon of St. Bonaventure, but before we do that, and I love the Sermon of St. Bonaventure, 10 out of 10 would recommend, and it is very beautiful. It talks about the 12 miracles that happened during the birth of Christ. Uh, but before we do so, I do want to jump in with uh, Mr. Rudy Carlos. And Rudy, I want to know what your Christmas was like. Well, it was awesome. Uh, you know, we're uh, slowly uh, building up our uh, our family traditions. And so we had a, a great opportunity to uh, to do that. And, you know, it, it was as simple as picking out the kind of things that we want to eat on Christmas, you know, which is ham, obviously. Ham is uh, superior. <laughs> <laughs> it's superior to anything else. Um, but it was great, you know, and, and, uh, I have to, uh, give a shout out to one of our listeners, Damon, who, uh, gave us this idea, um, not to open the Christmas gifts on Christmas day, but to wait until epiphany. I think that makes a lot more sense and it makes Christmas about Jesus, you know, and I think that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. So, so you didn't, the didn't open Christmas gifts? Well, we opened one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm, it's funny you say that. Because I posted on Facebook and the, <laughs> I say, I posted this on Facebook and I got actually an interesting response. I didn't, wasn't expecting this kind of response, but it was, uh, I was happily surprised. We'll say, I said, I guess I should start my Christmas shopping, huh? That was, that was December 22nd. <laughs> I said, you know, I just decided real trads give Christmas gifts on epiphany. I'm going to not give Christmas gifts on the 25th. For purely theological and principled reasons, no ulterior motives. It's not because I forgot to buy Christmas gifts. It's not because I waited to the last second to do Christmas shopping. Purely theological reasons. I'm going to give gifts on Epiphany, <laughs> not on Christmas Day. And so then I gave reasons for this. I, I, and I think I'm honestly, after making up reasons of why I needed to give Christmas on a, gifts on Epiphany, I kind of convinced myself to be honest. And so here's the reasons I gave. Reason number one. Historical precedent in the liturgical calendar. In the church, Epiphany, January 6th, commemorates the visits of the Magi to the infant Jesus, an event that symbolizes Christ's physical manifestation to the Gentiles. Traditionally, this feast has been associated with giving of gifts, reflecting on the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh presented to the Magi from the Magi to our Lord. And by giving gifts on Epiphany, you align with the biblical event, making a direct connection between your gift giving and the gifts given to Christ. So from that reason, that's a historical reason why we should give gifts on Epiphany rather than Christmas. Number two, the liturgical season of Christmas. The liturgical season of Christmas extends beyond the 25th, traditionally concluding with the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, which follows Epiphany. Therefore, giving gifts on Epiphany is still within the Christmas season, maintaining the spirit of celebration and the joy that characterizes this time. Thirdly, because we want to focus on the religious meaning of Christmas. By choosing, this is what uh, Rudy was basically just saying here. By choosing to give gifts on Epiphany rather than on December 25th, you might be trying to refocus the holiday on its religious significance, distancing it from the commercialization often associated with Christmas Day. This can be seen as an attempt to reclaim the deeper spiritual meaning of the Christmas season. And lastly, number four, cultural variations. It's important to note that some Catholic cultures, particularly Spain and Latin America, Epiphany or Three Kings Day is traditionally the main day for exchanging gifts. Reflecting the Magi's gifts to Jesus in this tradition emphasizes a more global and diverse nature of this particular Catholic practice. 
And lastly, please, no questions. (laughs) (laughs) But I was actually surprised because a number of people were like, "Uh, actually, I agree with this. And other people were saying (laughs) when you're the true epiphany is the gifts here. Mostly, I guess maybe it's a... I, I don't know if I'm curious, is this a, a tradition in your family? Because I had a number of people who are Filipino saying, oh, yeah, we do this. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. And uh, so I'm curious, what, what do you do? Would you do anything interesting like that? Now, my friend Spencer, he reached out and he said, trying to commercialize epiphany, eh? <laughs> I was like, Darn it. oh, man, <laughs> you just can't win. I know. I know. Uh, Mimi said that would be the way to go. Plus. You'd get to hit all the sales. That's true. Like, there we go. You get true. the Christmas bags, the wrapping paper, all that stuff will be on sale. You know, I got to say too, uh, even if, even though we only did one gift, it was still overwhelming for the girls, especially, well, it was overwhelming for my, my oldest daughter, who's two. And that was one of the other reasons why we decided to do this is because, you know, when I was a kid, Christmas was never about Jesus. It was never about the birth of our Lord. It was always like, I'm going to get a lot of gifts. And everybody would, you know, pile on gifts and gifts and gifts. And I didn't want that to be the reason for, for the, you know, for, for, for Christmas for my daughter. And even still, just opening one thing, it was still overwhelming. So can you imagine all the other things that our family members had sent? Whew. I, I, I almost don't want to open them on Epiphany. just send them back just send them back no i think it's i think christmas is great i I mean i loved opening gifts as a kid but uh it is important to make sure that the focus is on the right things for christmas where we're focusing on the birth of christ i know some people have the tradition of singing happy birthday to our lord on christmas day uh, baking a, a birthday cake for our lord things like that we're gonna go to a quick break when we come back We'll talk more about our Christmas experience, plus St. Bonaventure, his sermon for Christmas Day, 12 miracles that happened on the day of Christ's birth. What were those miracles? St. Bonaventure will tell us. We'll be right back, right after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Since you may not agree that the New Testament came to us through the oral tradition of the apostles, how do you believe it did come to us? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a language aid. In Latin, the word tradition is a verb, not a noun. It's the act of handing over. Handing over what? Handing over the faith. You see, capital T tradition continues to answer the questions the Bible doesn't explicitly answer. For example, you've noticed that contraception or doctor-assisted suicide and many other crucial human topics are not laid out in the Bible. Secondly, analogous to baseball, the totality of baseball has been handed on to each generation. This is very different than just the small t tradition of saying not flipping the bat after hitting a home run. And thirdly, in case you're trying to rid church traditions to be non-traditional, just know that capital T tradition is what got you to Jesus. Drop kicking small religious traditions to be considered non-traditional is like the dog chasing his tail. His task is never fruitless and thoroughly silly. Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the Ministry of Catholic Radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the Church for evangelism today. I hear from people all over the world on a daily basis who have encountered Christ in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic Radio. Please support the Ministry of Catholic Radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. Scientists repeat nuclear fusion breakthrough apparently three times. In a major breakthrough, federal scientists have repeated nuclear fusion energy three times this year and now say that they can consistently produce fusion energy. Despite the breakthrough's widespread use of nuclear fusion, uh, power remains years if not decades away, though the Biden administration has touted it as a potential source of climate-friendly energy. In addition to its energy uses, uh, when the breakthrough was announced last year, a federal official also described fusion as, quote, an essential process in modern nuclear weapons, unquote. So there's that. Also, what happens to the billions in gift cards that are never spent? Uh, Maybe you got a gift card uh, Christmas. Uh, Here's what happens when you don't use it. Where does the money that goes into gift cards go after you put it into a drawer and forget about it? Americans are expected to spend nearly $30 billion worth of, uh, of cash on gift cards this holiday season, according to the National Retail Federation. Restaurant gift cards are the most popular, making up one-third of those sales. Around 70% of gift cards are used within six months. But many cards, tens of billions of dollars worth, wind up forgotten or otherwise unused. That's when the life of a gift card gets more complicated with an expiration date or inactivity fees that can vary by state. While it can take gift cards years to expire, experts say it's still wise to spend them quickly. Some cards, especially generic cash cards or Visa or MasterCards, uh, will start accruing inactivity fees if they're not used for a year, which eats away at their value. Inflation also makes cards less valuable over time, and if a retail store closes or goes bankrupt, a card could be worthless. And here's a pro-life victory. A museum settles with pro-lifers. Three pro-lifers settled a lawsuit against the National Archives Museum in Washington, D.C. this week after the museum's security guards allegedly targeted them in January for wearing clothing with pro-life messages. The museum agreed to pay out $10,000 and promised it would implement measures to ensure that such discrimination would not occur again. Uh, So hopefully uh, that won't happen to you if you go to the March for Life uh, in January next month. Now, those are some of your headlines this morning. And thank you very much for listening to Catholic Drive Time. May God bless all of your holy efforts today. Thank you very much, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Now, going back to talking about Christmas. I love Christmas. I don't care what the ball humbugs say. Um, Scrooge has already converted. He loves it. We're done. We're done with the whole Scrooge McDuck. We are now with the Christmas season. And I want to share with you my Christmas experience. I had a really good Christmas. So Christmas Eve is always, is always interesting because it's my brother's birthday. And so we, my brother never really wants to do anything. It's always really funny. Cause my brother's like, uh, my parents ask, Oh, Gabriel, what do you want to do for your birthday? And my, my brother's like, Oh, I don't want to do anything. He's just chill with it. it. He's my brother's probably the chillest guy. I know. He's just like, no, he just doesn't care that much about things. He's like, eh, it's fine. No big deal. <laughs> and my parents were like, well, what do you want to do? And my brother was like, um, we're just, we're just, we just eat. We just go eat and hang out. And that's all. My, my mom starts listing things. And my Gabriel's like, my brother's name is Gabriel. My brother's, my Gabriel's like, 
oh, man, oh, mom, that's things you want to do. <laughs> like, I don't want to do any of those things. <laughs> and then my dad's like, okay, what about, what do we do with this, this, or this? And my dad, my brother's like, dad, those are things that you want to do. I don't want to do it. He's like, and he goes, all right, guys, what do y'all want to do for my birthday? And then we'll do that instead. Amazing. And so it becomes a running joke that we're like, okay, we'll do what everyone else wants to do on, on Gabriel's birthday. And so that's what we, uh, we were trying to figure out what to do. So we went to Mass in the morning, of course, for, for Sunday Mass. And we celebrated, I think it was the, the masses that said was the, the vigil mass for Christmas Eve. And then afterwards we, uh, went out to go eat at a Italian restaurant with my, for my brother's choice. Olive Garden? No, no. no. We went to <laughs> Maggiano's, but, uh, Olive Garden, I mean, honestly, it's the same price. Why is Olive Garden so expensive? Okay. Olive Garden is really expensive and it's garbage. They haven't about- updated their in their interiors in a long time. It's grimy. Um, Carabas is like S tier. It's like the greatest. Super good. Uh, I, I and then Maggiano's. Yeah, I, I thought Maggiano's was fine, and it was I the think same that's price. A, I think that's A tier. It was like about the same price as uh, as Olive Garden. I was like, why on earth is Olive Garden so expensive? I don't the understand. The meatballs are really good there. Yeah, the I mean Carabas is really good too. I think, and they're definitely better than Maj- than. Um, in Olive Garden, you get a lot of bang for your buck at uh, at Carabas. I think. I mean, you get a soup, you get uh, an entree. I guess you get that. In. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a second, maybe, maybe it's about a, about Never average. Mind. It's about average. <laughs> and so we went. To, we did that. Afterwards, we we where did we go after that? We went home and did nothing, like my brother wanted. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then out, then we went to go bowling. Which my dad won, unfortunately. I was very upset by that. We, uh, my, my mom got second place, which I was also very upset by. Then I got third place. Then my brother got fourth place. Then my sister got fifth place. So there you go, folks. I, uh, I lost to my parents at bowling and I hate myself now. So wow. just, I'm like, they're old. How do I, how did I lose? So I lost at bowling. There you go, folks. And then afterwards, I went to midnight mass and got home. Got ready for bed next morning when I went to mask again. So it was funny. We were said, um, we're going to open gifts at 11 o'clock. Everyone be ready. Everybody have everything ready to go. And then we didn't open gifts until like, uh, one o'clock because we were, <laughs> my sisters were, were baking and cooking and we were cleaning and getting things ready. We should have probably did that earlier, but we didn't do it. So we, we opened gifts later and I got a lot of, uh, clothes as usual. And I, uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was a very good time. I, I, my favorite part of Christmas being an adult, having a job is buying gifts for my siblings. I, I really like it. So I did in fact get gifts for my siblings. I got my mom, the, um, mystical city of God, the entire, uh, set four volume set, the mystical city of God from tan. And uh, I, I mean, I, I love it. I, I really enjoy giving gifts for Christmas and I probably will, for the people that I didn't get gifts for because I forgot, I will probably do those for Epiphany. So for Epiphany, I'll be giving out more gifts, finishing out, rounding out my Christmas list for Christmas for Epiphany. But overall, it was very good. We played reindeer games. If people follow me on uh, social media, then you can actually see the pictures. I sent pictures of our family. Uh, we were playing reindeer games. And it was a lot of fun. My mom loves having little uh, games. And so we, we set up, set that up and we played that. 
And I went to bed early. Everybody else stayed up and played, continued playing and doing things. But I went to bed at like 7.30. And In the morning? P.M. 7.30 oh. p.m. I went to bed at like 7.30 p.m. <laughs> you didn't sleep? And, and got up. So I, I actually got a full night's sleep last night. I wow. feel really good today. So praise be to God. Hey, that's great. I know. I'd so you don't happens. need any energy drinks, right? No, I don't. I don't. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Weird. There you go, folks. <laughs> and so the that was good. I want to know what your Christmas was like, though. So if you would like to join us on our social media feeds, I think it would be really awesome to hear what you did on Christmas. If you hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Twitter... You can leave a comment on our video feed, and during the after show, I'd love to know what you did for Christmas, what mass you went to, what was mass like, and I would also love to see if you want to send me, go to you can send me an email, uh, send me a message on social media. I want to know what your Christmas tree looked like and what your um, nativity scene looked like. I think it would be a beautiful thing to see. So if you set out your Christmas tree, decorated your tree for the first time, beginning Christmas Day. Or set out your nativity scene, put baby Jesus in the manger. I'd love to see it. So make sure you join us online. Just look up Catholic Drive Time on your favorite social media platform. Or you can look me up. You'll find me as well pretty easily. And I think it's an awesome thing to see. Now, finally, we're going to begin the sermon from St. Ben- Bonaventure. And then we'll go through into the, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll finish out the sermon. So the sermon from St. Bonaventure. Now it's funny because the sermon, because it was, it's an old sermon. And when it's listed, it's actually listed as the sermon of brother Bonaventure addressed to the people of Lyon on the nativity of the Lord. I think that's pretty funny referring to him as brother Bonaventure because who does that? Right. But Saint Bonaventure, it starts off with the scripture for that day, which is bless. Oh, my soul, the Lord who liberated Jerusalem, his city from its many tribulations. He, the Lord, our God. Confess the Lord, O children of Israel, for he has shown his majesty to a sinful nation. Now moved by a great devotion of a heart for her, for today's celebration, the soul of each one of the faithful should bless and confess God for his great works, exalting the men of Israel and the elect of Jerusalem, as seen in the 24 considerations of the meditation on today's feast set forth briefly in the gospel of Christmas Eve. Four considerations on God the Father, four on God the Son, four on the Blessed Mother, four on St. Joseph, four on the shepherds, and four on the angels. So we're going to come back from our break and talk about these 24 considerations and the miracles that happened on the day that Christ was born. You're not going to want to miss this. An amazing lesson from an amazing saint. I know, I'm quoting Franciscans. What's up today? I don't know what's going on. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard it said that the church has been weak and ineffective? Well, G.K. Chesterton says the church has been so powerful and effective that it colored even the things it had not hoped to influence and changed its enemies as well as its friends. It affects everything it touches. It inspires a life-changing love from its friends and a self-destructive hatred from its enemies. Its enemies will do everything to destroy it, and they end up destroying everything except the church. 
The Catholic Church, says Chesterton, has endured for 2,000 years. And the world within the Church has been more lucid, more level-headed, more reasonable in its hopes, more healthy in its instincts, more humorous and cheerful in the face of fate and death than all the world outside. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to invite you to listen to A Life Lived Joyfully, a show where we explore the call to holiness and a life of virtue. Join our hosts, Martha Fernandez Sardina, Monsignor Charles Pope, Steve Gleason, and Sarah Soto, as they discuss ways to live an authentic Catholic life, to strive for holiness and grow in virtue. Tune in Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also be a part of the conversation with questions or comments at 877-757-9424. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you today. I'd love to know what you did for Christmas this year. I want to know what your situation was. What did you eat? I want to see your Christmas tree. I want to see your nativity scene. I want to know what you got for Christmas. So if you would be so kind, join us in our social media feed. Look up on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, Twitter. Look up Catholic Drive Time, and I would love to know all these things. So please share with me. I'd love to know it. Or you can send me an email. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. There my email is listed. You can send me an email, and I would love to know. So I thank you in advance for sharing with me. And you can always reach out to me. My social media feed's listed. And just look up Adrian Fonseca on most social media platforms. You'll find me. But we were reading the sermon from St. Bonaventure. Bonaventura. Um, he was a Franciscan. I know it's kind of crazy that I'm, I'm quoting a Franciscan. I know what's, what's this world coming to? There is a, there are good Dominican sermons out there for Christmas. Like for instance, St. Vincent Ferrer. I read that and uh, maybe we'll share that with you. Maybe this weekend, maybe a Friday, maybe on Friday we'll share the sermon from St. Vincent Ferrer on Christmas. But for today, we're going Franciscan today. St. Bonaventure. We were just talking about the 24 considerations on the meditations of the Father, the Son, the Blessed Virgin, St. Joseph, the shepherds, and the angels, the meditations on these things. So we go on. We should consider and bless God the Father for his most admirable liberality in sending his son to take flesh and be born and praise his fidelity for fulfilling his promise in due time, his ineffable charity because he had compassion on us and was thus pleased to help us, his eternal goodness because he wanted to make himself known to us in this way. So those four things, liberality, fidelity, charity, and goodness. Regarding the son being born, we should consider and bless him as admirable and dignified benignity. I can never say that word. Imitate his promptitude in obeying the father and his pity and incredible clemency toward us and appreciate his submissive poverty, humility, and simplicity. I like how um, (laughs) St. Bonaventure was like, well, I can only say four because I try to make a theme here, but I... Really want to mention more than four for our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's like, one is poverty, humility, and simplicity. We're going to put all that as, as one thing. So his four for regarding the sun, lessons from the sun and things of consideration is his benignity, like his goodness, his goodness, his promptitude, so the hastiness and answering the call, his pity, and then number four, poverty, humility, and simplicity. Now, 
As for the mother who gave birth, we should consider and bless her immaculate virginity, her glorious fecundity, the singularity of her delivery, and the generosity of her fortunate and joyful childbirth. So virginity, fecundity, singularity, and generosity. On the part of Joseph, we should consider and bless his profound reverence, his enormous justice, his dedicated compliance, and his indefectible charity. So reverence, justice, compliance, and charity. On the part of the shepherd, we should consider and bless their holy simplicity, their pious joyfulness, their praiseful solicitude, and their expanding faith and devotion. So there you go. Simplicity, joyfulness, solicitude, faith and devotion. On the part of the angels, we should consider and bless the clarity of their omnipresent grandeur, the intimacy of their new tenderness, their learnedness of their preaching, and the purity and sublimity of their new praises. In these meditations, our soul should bless God on this day. On this day, he liberated his city, showing his majesty to a sinful man, not only by sending his son to be born, but by bedecking and adoring this day, hour, and time of his nativity with miracles. The miracles shown to the sinful nation of the time of the nativity of Christ are these, according to various histories. Now here are the miracles that happened on the birth of Christ. And I think this is quite amazing. So let's go through these with St. Bonaventure. He says, first, a fulgent star appeared in the sky and parts of the east, which displayed the form of the most pure infant. And over it was a shining cross to signify that he who was born would spread his doctrine, life and death throughout the whole world. Now, you know, what's interesting to note about the miracles that St. Bonaventure is talking about is how it would have been impossible, basically, to not know that Christ was born. And it was so we, we think about our time. We look back on that time and we think about, oh, OK, you have to be a really intelligent person to realize that Christ was born. We had to be a special person. Most people were not expecting Christ to come at this time. That's not actually true. The majority of people expected the coming of Christ to come intimately. They were expecting it to happen very, very soon. So much so that Herod was so convinced that Christ would be born soon that he slaughtered babies because he wanted to kill the Christ child. Like If you were not 100% convinced, would you risk the amount like rebellion of the entire of your populace rebelling against you by slaughtering their children. Would you risk that? Because he slaughtered children in order to kill the Christ child. How convinced must you have been? People knew that Christ was going to be born. He, they knew there were signs in heaven. And I think it's interesting to know as we go through these second in the middle of the day from Capitolon Hill in Rome, a golden circle that appeared near the sun was seen also by the emperor and the Sibyl. And in it was a most pure virgin giving birth to an infant, signifying that he who was born was the monarch of the true world and came to demonstrate the splendor of the paternal glory in the figure of his substance. 
third, the temple of peace in Rome fell to the ground. When it was built, the devils were asked how long it would last. And they responded that it would stand until a virgin gave birth to a son as a sign that he who was born would destroy the works and practices of vanity. Now that's really cool. I think that's amazing to think about to realize the devils knew what was going to happen. Now, of course, the commentators, Cornelius Lapide being among them, said they didn't know the specificity of how everything would play out or who the virgin would be, but they knew that, well, they, of course, they knew the scriptures. They knew what was going to happen. They knew that it was expected to happen and they knew it was expected to happen soon. They just didn't know the details. Now, fourthly, in Rome, a large gush of oil sprung up from the ground and flowed into the Tiber to show that a source of piety and mercy had been born. Now, by oil, it's not like what we think as like gas, like black, black oil, crude oil. It's oil like as in we're thinking like olive oil kind of oil. Now, fifth, on the night of the nativity, the vine ingandi from which perfume is made sprouted flourished, extended its branches, and produced its scented liquid to show that he who was born would make the spiritual world flourish, grow, and give fruits, and that its fragrance would attract the whole world. Sixth, 30,000 criminals were killed by the emperor to show that he who was born would subject the whole world by his faith, and that the rebels would be lost in hell. Now, this is important to note. Because St. Bonaventure here is trying to explain the purpose of the coming of Christ. And that those who do not follow Christ will end up in hell. That hell is a real place and people do in fact go there. And so he's not saying that God caused the emperors to kill them. He's saying it's miraculous that 30,000 criminals were killed and it coincided with that day. Now seventh, and this one is probably the most controversial, but yet it is affirmed by not one, but two saints. Seventh, all the sodomites in the whole world died, both male and female. According to St. Jerome commenting on the Psalms, the light was born for the just, which shows that he who was born came to reform nature and to promote chastity. Now, it's important to note that when this happens, and, and this happens, why? Because our Lord who is all goodness and purity itself. He despises impurity. He loves the virgins. And so much so that the sins against nature, like sodomy, which is one of the sins that cries out to heaven for vengeance, that all of them died at the birth of he who is all pure and chastity itself. Eighth, Brute animals spoke in Judea, among them two oxen, to make us understand that he who was born would transform the most bestial men into rational persons. So notice the oxen spoke. Now he's not saying every animal in Judea, but he's saying many did. Many of the oxen spoke. And what does that show us? That shows us that no matter how bad we are and think about it, how bad are we? I, I'm very bad. I don't know about yourself, but many times, I mean, this is why I'm so grateful for the sacrament of confession. I do not live up to the standard in which I set out for myself and which Christ has set up for us to live. And 
We are bestial men. I would say so. And we know that God has called us not simply to, to cover us like dung with snow, but instead to transform us, to actually make us holy. We can do it. It is possible. Ninth, the idols of Egypt were destroyed when the virgin gave birth. According to Jeremiah, that sign was given to the Egyptians to make them understand that he who was born was the true God and the only one worthy of adoration with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Now, it is even said that whenever our Lord and our Lady visited Egypt, whenever they flew into Egypt, when St. Joseph had the dream, that the idols bowed down and were destroyed at the coming of Christ. Very beautiful, very, very beautiful thing to see. We recognize that even the idols knew who he was. A very wonderful, wonderful thing to meditate upon. Tenth, when the infant was laying in the manger, the ox and donkey knelt before him as if they had reason and adored him, which makes us understand that he who was born would call both the Jews and the Gentiles to his religion. This is important to note because it is his religion. The Catholic faith is his religion. It's the religion of Christ. And two, that our Lord does miracles with the animals. And this happens all the time. He points out that these animals are not rational. And yet, imagine how miraculous it must be that a non-rational being go before the Christ child and kneel before him, the ox and donkey. This is why we see the ox and donkey in many nativity scenes. Because they go before the child laying in the manger and they bow before him, recognizing him to be Lord. Now, when we come back from a quick break, I want to share with you number 11 and number 12. Number 12 of which is mind-blowing. It actually reminds me of Our Lady of Fatima. So we're going to talk about the 11th and 12th miracle that happened at the birth of Christ from St. Bonaventure coming up right after this short break. Don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive Time right after this. This is Life News Radio. I'm Jim Anderson. Just released new Project Veritas video recordings by an undercover reporter show Planned Parenthood staff in Kansas City, Missouri, bragging about how they execute interstate trafficking of minors for abortions, saying we never tell the parents anything. The two tell how they can help the undercover reporter take his younger relative across state lines for an abortion to avoid Missouri laws that restrict abortion. Operation Rescue's Troy Newman cooperated with the Center for Medical Progress in 2015 undercover recordings in California, actions that are typically protected by the First Amendment. In the wake of those abortion specimen investigations, he is now being crushed by over 16 million in judgments from a Planned Parenthood racketeering lawsuit. This is Life News Radio. News at Life News Radio should make you think, and often it should make you think about calling your elected officials in Washington, D.C. So remember this phone number, 202-224-3121. Let your senators, your representatives, hear from you. 202-224-3121. Because Arizona's Attorney General refuses to defend state law on abortion, an Arizona doctor has been assigned to take up the litigation in that case. Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys are taking Dr. Eric Hazelrig's case to Arizona's Supreme Court. 
They want that court to overturn lower court rulings that favor abortion industry interests and cancel state pro-life legislation stretching from 1901 to just last year. And Florida doctor Gracie Pozo Christie is blasting attempts there to remove patient medical protections specifically for the abortion industry. For pro-life headlines delivered to your email address daily, sign up at lifenews.com. This has been Life News Radio. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. Welcome back to Catholic Tribe Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you today. It is so good to be with you. No matter what anybody says, no matter what all the humbugs try to tell you, it is so good to be with you. And we were talking about this sermon from St. Bonaventura, St. Bonaventure, and his sermon on Christmas Day. He talked about the various virtues and considerations of God the Father, the Son, the Blessed Virgin, St. Joseph, the shepherds. And then he gives us 12 miracles that happened on the day that Christ was born. 12 miracles that happened on the day that Christ was born. And we were going through these before we went to a quick break. We got to number 10, where the ox and the donkey kneel before the Christ child. So let's go over to number 11. The 11th, the whole world was in peace, as described in number five, to show that he who was born would love and promote universal peace, that his elect would enjoy eternal peace. Now, I'd be curious to know what he meant by the whole world was in peace. Did he mean like for that day there was no war? Or did he mean in that moment at Christ was born there was no war? And what did he mean by the whole world was in peace. Like, did nobody die on Christmas Day? Well, obviously, we know people died on Christmas Day because we mentioned that there are criminals who were executed on Christmas Day and the Sodomites were all killed on Christmas Day. And so what does he mean by there was peace? I'm assuming he means there was no war on Christmas Day. There was th- no battles. I think what he meant was everybody was just chill, like your brother. They were like, they were like wow, everything's going really well right now. That's kind of weird. Something must, something bad must be coming. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) I hope that's not what it was. I think 33 years from now, something bad's going to happen. Well, you know, it's interesting. Number one was having the, they had a constellation in the sky and then having a cross as a constellation with a child Jesus underneath it. I think that's interesting. So yeah, literal foreshadowing, literally foreshadowing. And, I think, I mean, peace, as understood by the medievals, peace was known as the tranquility of order. And so I think what he means is that there was order throughout the world. That there was not, there was not chaos, that things were in order or laws were being obeyed. These things were happening on Christmas Day. That's my thought. Twelfth, 
In the East, now this is the coolest one. Number 12 is the coolest one. In the East, three suns appeared in the sky, which progressively merged into a single celestial body to show that by the birth of Christ, the world would be informed of the triune God and that divinity, spirit, and flesh had been united in one person. Now, that reminds me of the miracle of the sun at Fatima, where the sun literally dances in the sky, and then it starts coming towards the earth, and people thought that it was going to just consume the whole earth. That's what it reminded me of when I was reading that. These three suns moving in the sky, merging into a single celestial body. That is the coolest thing ever. And I would be super interested if there was like scholars out there who would investigate these 12 things and see if they can confirm these miraculous things that happened. Now he finishes out the sermon about all these things. Our souls should bless God and venerate him because he liberated us and his majesty was shown to us a sinful nation. The Lord Jesus was born in the 5,199th year after the constitution of the world, after the constitution, of the 750 gins of the city of Rome in the year of the 194th Olympics and the 42nd year of the emperor Octavianus Augustus in the 39th year of the reign of Herod of Ascalon in Judea on the eighth day of the cal- the calendus of January having Serenius as governor of Syria. And so, thus ends the sermon. Praise be to God. So there is a sermon from St. Bonaventure on the feast of Christmas Day. A very beautiful sermon and something wonderful to meditate upon. I think it's really beautiful to think about the fact that our Lord would grant so many miracles to confirm his birth, to let people know people were not and should not have been ignorant of the fact that Christ was born. Our Lord gave as many signs as he possibly could, as many signs as he possibly could to let people know that the Christ child was born. He who is all goodness and beauty itself, who is good, true, and beautiful, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And so what should we do to let people know that this is the case? Well, for one, we should say Merry Christmas and continue saying Merry Christmas to everyone we see to let them know that Christ has been born. Gaudete, Gaudete, Christus es natus, ex Maria Virgine, right? Praise, praise for Christ is born out of the Virgin Mary. What a beautiful thing. And that's something to keep in mind, especially during the Christmas season, is that we should set out nativity scenes. We should set these nativity scenes out. And here's one of my favorite things. This is one of my favorite things during the Christmas season is that Protestants decide that they are going to worship graven images. It's great. I love it because Protestants will start setting out nativity scenes. And I think it's hilarious. I think it's the funniest thing. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So now you're okay with graven images, right? Obviously, we know they're not graven images. These are beautiful images, images of our Lord, of our Lady, of St. Joseph, of the three Magi who were saints, by the way. And we celebrate them. And I'm happy to know that many Protestants during this time hop on board with us and they recognize 
we can celebrate too. We can actually venerate images. We can set them out and we're not committing some grave sin by doing so. Instead, we're simply recognizing the birth of our Savior. We're recognizing those people who had an important role to play in the nativity of our Lord and that we can pray to those people. We're not praying to the statues themselves. Those statues are lifting up our minds to think of more heavenly things. And there's a post I always put out during the Christmas season. I always try to find, and I haven't done this yet, so now I got I just reminded myself to do this. During the Christmas season, I always go out of my way to go to a Protestant church where they have a nativity scene in the front, and I'll take a picture of it and post it online and say, ah, my favorite time of the year when Protestants <laughs> worship graven images. <laughs> and I think it's so funny. Uh, I, I, maybe nobody else laughs, but I laugh at my joke. So there you go, folks. These are some of my favorite things. And then I don't feel so, so sad. Oh, Is it bad or sad? I don't know. I don't so know. sad? I think it's sad, but I could be wrong. You, you made me doubt myself. <laughs> Let me look it up. <laughs> and so I, I love it. I, I love it so much. I think it's a great thing to do. So if you have an activity scene, set it out. And maybe that's the gift you can give your Protestant friend during the Christmas season. Now, before we go any further, I must ask if you would be so kind, please join us in our social media feed. Look up YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey. Uh, not Odyssey, Rumble, Rumble, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, look up Catholic Drive Time. If you look up Catholic Drive Time on any of those feeds, you will be able to find us. And I want you to leave a comment. Tell me the favorite gift you gave, your favorite gift you received. I want to know how your Christmas went. You just leave a comment on our social media feed. I would love to for you to uh, share with me. And if you don't want to hop on our social media feeds, you can always go to our website and shoot me an email. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt grnonline.com forward slash cdt to interact with us and i would love to know what you are doing or what you did do for christmas and what you continue to do during the christmas season i'm confirming now okay that the lyric is uh, then i don't feel so bad ah so it is bad it is bad yeah okay you were right mea culpa mea culpa mea mini culpa very small. Not May a, a minimum. Yeah. I just wow. had a little, little bit of sorrow. Just, <laughs> oh, wow. A little fault. little fault. So, praise be to God. Okay. On to talking about Christmas decorations. Because I love Christmas decorations. Rudy, did you too set up Christmas decorations this year? Um, no. I thought <laughs> we, we put up our Christmas tree, of course. But, uh, and we try to push that back as far back as we can. We, typically, we do it on Gaudete Sunday. Mm. to the third Sunday of Advent. But we did it earlier this year. And we were going to put out Christmas lights, but I figured we would save the cash because I need to buy a, a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> and the lights are not cheap. I guess I should buy them off-season. They would be cheaper that way. But um, we figured it was going to be a waste of money to do that. Um, Just use my excuse. Say, I'm setting them out for Epiphany. They're Epiphany lights. But you know what? I might be convinced otherwise now at this point because, you know, at the beginning of the show, you mentioned that this is a way for us to evangelize and it might just be worth it to set up an outdoor nativity scene or Christmas lights or something to attract people to the nativity. Now, a lot of people do that here in Texas. We mm -hmm. went to uh, to see a, a bunch of uh, Christmas light neighborhoods mm. uh, and that was really interesting. And, and the... 
you know the overwhelming theme there were were the uh, the uh, the, nativi- nativi- the nativity scenes. So yeah, I might do it next year. It's funny you say that because my mom has been wanting a nativity an outdoor nativity scene for years, but they're pretty expensive. They are are pretty pricey and. I mean, obviously there's a, there's cheap ones that you can get that are like made of plastic and stuff, but my mom wants a really nice one. And so maybe next year I can convince all my siblings that we can all chip in and get a full, large nativity, outdoor nativity scene, because that is a very beautiful thing, a great tool of evangelization and something that we don't, we don't do enough. And I mean, I think about it, I, I was talking to, was it? I was talking to my friend, Bug Hall, and he was saying how he, people will spend money and a lot of money on all sorts of things. So buy all these Christmas gifts and they will spend hundreds or if not thousands of dollars on various gifts, on different things or furniture. They'll spend all this money on, on tools, on decorations on TVs, on game stations, on cell phones, and all sorts of things. But then they go to buy beautiful Catholic art, whether it be a painting, a statue, a display, an altar, something like that, and then they're just looking for the cheapest possible thing they can get, and they don't want to spend the money to buy beautiful things, to buy beautiful statues. And I'm guilty of this too. I'm always looking for a cheaper option. So I think that's important to keep in mind. I think it's important to keep in mind and to remember that during this time, we need to, in fact, love God. And that's not just with our hearts, right? But even with our wallets to to give. Give God something beautiful. Spend, spend a little bit of money and, and get that decoration, right? But also we should remember, speaking of giving money, is that during the Christmas season, we want to remember those poor and those destitute, those hungry, and give to them as well. Visit the lonely. How many people during this Christmas season are lonely? How many people are are in nursing homes? How many people are in hospice cares? How many people are in various different situations where they are alone during this Christmas season? It would be a beautiful and wonderful corporal work of mercy and maybe even spiritual work of mercy to go in and, and talk to those people, to go visit them, to sit down with them, to bring them a meal. That might be a beautiful thing to do. And here's another thing to keep in mind. Rudy gave this as a trivia question a few weeks ago. During the Christmas season, we should have peace, the Christmas peace where we may have family or friends that we don't have, we're not too too close with anymore, that we kind of fought with, that we kind of gone in different directions. Reach out to them. Tell them Merry Christmas. Pray for them. Maybe even get them a gift. Heap blessings upon them. Your enemies, don't let them be enemies during the Christmas season. I think that's something that we can do together. You and I, we'll both make that commitment. Let's do that together. We're going to go to our Fear and Trembling game show. And let me just tell you, 
the chances of you winning a prize this week are great. So you can call in 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back with more on Catholic Drive Time with our Fear and Trembling Game Show. Call now. We'll be right back. When you find yourself peering into life's rearview mirror, wondering if your past will forever define you, it doesn't have to. Go to StandTallToday.com and register for your absolutely free consultation with one of our world-class life coaches. They can help you get started on a plan forward to living your best life. There's nothing to lose and an entire future to gain. Log on to StandTallToday.com for complete details. That's StandTallToday.com. Catholic Radio gives us something all day, every day, to fill our lives with our faith. We are completely inundated by the world constantly. Every time you go out shopping, the music that's playing, the the visuals that you see, TV, everything, we need Catholicism filling our minds. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could be a winner. And I got to tell you that the chances of you winning a prize this week is really, really good because you're only going to play the game show a couple times this week, which means the chances of you winning are excellent. So what are we doing? What's the game? Uh, right here in front of me, I have three Catholic trivia questions. And the trick is, I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. Rudy's going to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not Rudy is right or whether or not Rudy is wrong. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. You have a great opportunity to win this week. We are giving away some of our well, we're going to give away one. We're going to give, <laughs> let's not get too ambitious here. We're going to give away one of the books on Fulton Sheen by our good friend Alan Smith from the Great White North. Alan Smith is our resident Fulton Sheen expert. You can listen to him every Thursday here on Catholic Drive Time. And, uh, he is uh, going to give away one of his, uh, his Fulton Sheen books and it's going to edify your spiritual life. So make sure to call right now. Well, there you go. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. If I you think, call now, the chances of you winning is great. Yeah, I think, I think everybody's sleeping right now. Is everybody sleeping? The entire Are you world? all sleeping right now? Um, if you are, call us and let us know. 877-757-9424. I'm just kidding. Obviously, you're not going to be calling if you're sleeping. Uh, 877-757-9424. Let us call in and we'll get you could win a prize because the next person who calls in, you know, right now we have zero callers on the line. So the next person to dial in will, in fact, have the opportunity to win the prize this week. That number, 877 757 
9424. Thank you very much for that. Now, Nick messaged us. He said, yes, we are all sleeping. (laughs) There you go. Praise be to God. Thank you very much for everyone who's going to call in. And tomorrow will be another chance to win the prize because I'm just going to tell you, here's a secret. There's something happening at Catholic Drive Time that we have been foreshadowing that may or may not happen very, very soon. So you might want to call in this week because it may tomorrow may be one of the last times you can call in. I think tomorrow might be the last time, actually. So that number, write that down. 877-757-9424. Joining us right now is Carrie. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Carrie. Uh, Where are you coming in from? Lukenbach, Texas. Lukenbach, Texas. This is our friend Carrie from Lukenbach, Texas. We love it. Praise be to God. Merry Christmas to you. And to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, Carrie, what's on the schedule for today? Are you doing anything special for the Christmas season? No, just go ahead and clean up the house a little bit this morning and feed cows this afternoon. Well, praise be to God. Someone's got to feed the cows. They're not going to feed themselves. (laughs) Uh, So there you go, folks. That's right. All right, Carrie, you are familiar with the game. You are a veteran, and so we love to have you on. Now, um, you got to be careful, though, because... These questions, I thought Rudy was going to make Christmas-themed questions, but no, these are, in fact, just normal trivia questions, so good luck. Are you ready to jump into it? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Question number one for you, Rudy. Number one, recite the beginning of the Bible. The beginning of the Bible. Okay, uh, well, (laughs) in the beginning, the Word was made flesh. Dot, dot, dot. To be continued. Oh, foreshadowing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. I thought the beginning of the Bible said imprimatur. Uh. (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) All right, Carrie. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, recite the beginning of the Bible. Uh, Rudy says that in the beginning, the word was made flesh. Dot, dot, dot. All right, Carrie, 15 seconds of the clock. What say you? Is he right or is he wrong? Well, it's not that he's exactly wrong, but he's being tricky here. So, no, that's not quite right. It's not quite right, he said. All right, let's see. Survey says... That is correct, <laughs> Carrie. Uh, this guy over here, oh. always being Mr. Tricky. Can't trick him. Carrie, do you know what the the first verse of the Bible is? Uh, I used to. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. So there you go. There you go. And the word Genesis literally means in the beginning. So there you go. There you go. Which makes me think, the band Genesis, why were they called Genesis? I don't actually know that. That's a different kind of trivia. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Carrie, you're one for one so far. That's pretty good odds. You're doing great. Are you ready for question number two? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Question number two for you, Rudy. Who is the 15th century author of The Imitation of Christ? The Imitation of Christ, a book that I've picked up several times and, and did not have read. yet to finish, but it's a actually really great read. It's uh, Thomas A. Kempis. Thomas A. Kempis, The Imitation of Christ. Now, what exactly is a Kempis? Um, (laughs) Thomas A. Kempis? 
Yeah, he's a, he's definitely a campus. Okay. All right. Well, there you go, folks. 15 seconds on the clock, Carrie. The question on the board is, who is the 15th century author of The Imitation of Christ? Rudy says it's Thomas Akempis. What say you, Carrie, from Lugenbach, Texas? I always trust Rudy, so I'll say he's correct. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Survey says... That is correct, <laughs> Carrie. It is correct. And Thomas Akempis... Is kind of a tragic character. He never was canonized because, oh my goodness, this would be a good trivia question in and of itself. Thomas Akempis was not canonized because he was actually buried alive. And they accidentally thought he, they thought he was dead. And when they buried him, they started hearing like screams from the ground and they dug him up. And whenever they checked the, the coffin because he ended up dying in, in the coffin there was like scratch marks on the on the thing on the coffin and they said they have they have fear they don't know this of course for a fact but they fear that he may have fallen into despair at the last moments of his life and so they were like we better not canonize him just in case and so <laughs> oh, that's man. why yeah that's why he was that not canonized isn't up. that horrible that is he like, lived wow a cre- incredibly saintly life but the poor guy was buried buried alive. That's not his fault. I know. It's their fault. I know. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. So there you go. Fun fact for you. I guess not so fun. Actually. Grim fact. Yeah. Grim fact. Happy Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Uh, so there you go. My mom actually got me a pocket uh, version of the Imitation of Christ for my for Christmas. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm going to be reading that and be keep that in my pocket and try to read through it. Maybe uh, we should do uh, like a CDT read through because I've always wanted to finish it. Uh, maybe the pocket version. The big one is pretty big. Oh, the pocket version is like abridged? It's, a, it's an abridged, yeah. It's oh, an abridged okay, version. Got it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that during the after show maybe. And maybe that's a good idea. That would be something we could do together. I think that would be fun. But Imitation of Christ was written by Thomas Akempis. Uh, you're doing great. Praise be to God. Are you ready for question number three? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Question number three, Carrie. Instead of JMJ on the top of a paper or on a school blackboard, what four letter uh, what four letters are frequently used as a substitute? Hmm. You know, that sounds a lot like my boys. Your boys? The Jesuits. The Jesuits. I don't mean all of them, just some of them. <laughs> uh, the Jesuits would say something that goes along the lines of uh, Ad Majorum Dei Glorium. Majorum. Ad Majorum Dei Glorium. Okay. All Which right. means for the greater glory of God. All right. Okay. If you say so. So the four letters they write is Ad Mejorium Dei Glorium. AMDG. Oh, AMDG. Okay. I see. AMDG. All right, Carrie. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, instead of J and J on the top of a paper or on a school blackboard, what four letters are frequently used as a substitute rudy says it's amdg which stands for ad mejorum de gloriam what say you carry from lugenbach texas um i regret this but i'm gonna go with him i agree oh (laughs) notice he said he may regret this (laughs) well let's find out if he's gonna regret it or not so survey says drummer boy come on Oh, you got it! <laughs> Praise be to God, Carrie. You did great. Wonderful job, Carrie. You nailed it. Three for three. Could not be tricked. 
the correct answer was, in fact, ad mejorum dei gloriam, which means for the greater glory of God. And not only was he correct, Carrie, but his story was also correct as well, which I'm I'm mind blown by. The Jesuits, it is a Jesuit thing. The Jesuits would write ad mejorum gloriam on all their stuff. And that was the motto of the Jesuit order. And so they would do that quite oftenly. And because the Jesuits were so popular, traveled around everywhere, taught in schools, it caught on as just a general thing that people did was write AMDG instead. Now, I was tempted to be a little Jesuitical, but I can't with our friend from Luckenbach. He's a cowboy, so I can't. I have to be a straight shooter like him. <laughs> is that is that right, Kerry? I got scopes of my rivals. Yes, yes, I experienced. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't Brady. try and rustle his his cattle there. There, you, uh, can you can you use no. a, a lasso? No, I can't. I I would love to learn how to use a lasso. That sounds like a really cool skill to learn. <laughs> now, probably not a very useful one in the twenty first century, but a really cool one nonetheless. All right, Carrie, stay on the line with us so we can get your contact information. But thank you very much for joining us this morning. God bless you. God love you, and have a blessed day. Thank you. Amen. Merry Christmas. And I was going to say, I, I'm so used to saying Happy Advent, but it's not Advent anymore. We are actually in the Christmas season. So Merry Christmas to you and to all a good morning. We're going to go into our after show. So if you can join us, I would love to know how your Christmas went, how your Christmas season is continuing, what you got for Christmas, what you gave for Christmas, all these things I would love to know. So hop on our social media feeds, look up on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Twitter, Just look up Catholic Drive Time and you can join us in the live video feed. We're going to talk to you about all these things, answer any of your questions, comments, or concerns, and maybe, just maybe, we will plan on doing a little study of Thomas Akempis' Imitation of Christ together. We'll talk about that during the after show. But if not, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you. God love you. And we'll see you very soon maybe for the last time maybe foreshadowing huh what well have a very good morning be joyful thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Dear President. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come, ye, O come, ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. 
O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Gloria in excelsis Deo, et in terra pax hominibus, bone voluntatis, Laudamus te, benedicimus te, adoramus te, glorificamus te, gratias agimus tibi, propter magnam gloriam tuam, domine Deus rex celestis, Deus pater omnipotens, Domine fili unigenite, Jesu Christe, Domine Deus agnus Dei, Filius Patris, Qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, qui tolis peccata mundi, suscipe deprecationem nostram, qui sedes ad exteram patris, miserere nobis, Quoniam tu solus sanctus, tu solus dominus, tu solus saltissimus, Jesu Christe, cum sancto spiritu, in gloria Dei Patris, Amen. Let us pray. Grant, Lord, we pray, that we may imitate what we worship and so learn to love even our enemies. For we celebrate the heavenly birthday of a man who knew how to pray even for his persecutors. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. 
Stephen, filled with grace and power, was working great wonders and signs among the people. Certain members of the so-called Synagogue of Freedmen, Syrians and Alexandrians, and people from Sicilia and Asia, came forward and debated with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. When they heard this, they were infuriated, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked up intently to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out in a loud voice, covered their ears, and rushed upon him together. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. The witnesses laid down their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. The word of the Lord. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. You are my rock and my fortress. For your namesake, you will lead and guide me. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Into your hands, I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, O Lord, O faithful God. I will rejoice and be glad because of your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your kindness. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is God and has given us light. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake as a witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at that moment what you are to say. For it will not be you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We might feel a bit perplexed as we're thrown from the Christmas mystery Jesus bored in Bethlehem yesterday to the day after Christmas being thrown to the early church and celebrating the first martyr, the proto-martyr, St. Stephen. 
but it actually makes a lot of sense. When we think Jesus came into the world as our peace, to bring peace, but he also says I came to bring division. And what really divides us is not whether we're conservative or liberal or whatever. That's not the real dividing line. The dividing line is between, and not even between those who are saved and not who are not, but rather the ones who have received and accepted God's grace and is called to be children of God and those who have simply chosen otherwise. And St. Stephen, we see the grace of God and the power of God manifest. What are the possibilities for us? That's what we see actually in all the martyrs. We have the list of martyrs of the saints that are celebrated throughout the, throughout the world, throughout the church. And interestingly enough, the martyrology, all the way up to from about 354, when we have the first sort of list of martyrs, which we celebrate, all the way to about the year 2000, it would begin, the list of the martyrs would begin with December 25th, which is the day of Jesus' birth. Because it is the day that we are born into eternal life. Our dies natalis is not, of course, the day that we came into, the, we saw the first light of the world, but rather when we were reborn in Christ at our baptism, and of course when that was fulfilled, when we die. So we usually celebrate uh, for the martyrs the day on which they gave their life for Christ. That is their day of birth or rebirth. I think it was once said that Christ came into the, or everybody comes into this world to live, but Jesus Christ came into this world to die. And St. Stephen is one who recognized this and lived it. What's beautiful about him is the identification that he has with Jesus. He is filled, we hear, with grace and the Holy Spirit. That's the key, that he is filled with the very spirit of Jesus Christ. There is a wisdom that he has that, is, can, that his adversaries can't dispute. The promise that Jesus gives in the gospel today, and he also said in the gospel of Luke, he says, don't worry about what you are to say. The spirit of your father will speak through you. That's the wisdom that we have received. St. Stephen, like Christ, is falsely accused, and for the exact same reasons. Stephen says, you know, there's, they accuse him of saying that he's going to destroy the temple and all these different things, uh, that he's going to change the, the traditions of Moses, the elders. And Jesus is accused of the very same thing. He said he would destroy this temple and rebuild it in three days. And then we see Stephen, he sees the heavens open, the Son of Man seated at God's right hand. It recalls what Jesus said to the Sanhedrin. You will see the, sun, the heavens open and the Son of Man descending and ascending. Finally, what is, of course, most, most important is St. Stephen, that spirit of Jesus, he prays for his enemies. Very same, almost same words that were on the lips of Jesus on the cross. Lord, do not hold this sin against them that he would pray for his persecutors, for those who are actually killing him. That is the spirit of Jesus. There's a hymn that we sometimes sing in Christmas time, because love came down at Christmas. That love completely reoriented Stephen's life. He became a martyr, a witness to this. A witness not by his words, but by his life. The witness of a life transformed by love, made manifest in Christ Jesus at Christmas, is really the catalyst for the conversion of one of the most staunch rivals of the first Christians, St. Paul. Well, he's called Saul then, who assented, assent, uh, assented to the killing of St. Stephen, and then, be, but only to become best friends. <laughs> 
because of that, in a sense, in a sense the intercession of St. Stephen is part of Saint Paul, Saul's conversion. It is the same with us. When love completely reorients our life, we become a witness. Again, not so much by words, but by our way of life, the example of our life. And it is really that which touches the lives of others can help to transform, to help to convert them to Christ. Let us ask St. Stephen that we too would be filled more powerfully with the grace and the Holy Spirit that is given to us in Christ in this Christmas mystery. Amen. Exultant in faith, let us unite, dear brothers and sisters, with Christians all over the world. Let us pray so that the salvation inaugurated with the, Christ, with the birth of Christ reaches to the ends of the earth. So that the children of the church, who today joyfully celebrate the mystery of Christmas, may be reborn to a new life in justice, love, and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. So that all men come to know Christ the Lord and gathered around him who has, who has come to seek and save what was lost. Let us pray to the Lord. So that the Son of God who wanted to share our human nature give joy to those who cry, health to the sick, help to the dying, and divine comfort to those who feel alone and sad during these holy days. Let us pray to the Lord. So that faith in Jesus, the Son of God and our Savior, may grow in our families who gather at this, during this holy time. Let us pray to the Lord. For the intentions we hold in our hearts, for those who are joining us on Guadalupe Radio and online, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, through the mystery of the Nativity, God has wanted to share the fatigues and limitations of the human family. We ask, Lord, that you listen to the prayers of your church and make certainty take root in us that eternal life consists in knowing the Father and knowing you, whom he, whom you have, he has sent, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine, a work of human hands, will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May these offerings of our devotion today be acceptable to you, we pray, O Lord, for they are prompted by the glorious commemoration of St. Stephen the Martyr, through Christ our Lord.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for in the mystery of the Word made flesh, a new light of your glory has shone upon the eyes of our mind, so that as we recognize in him God made visible, we may be caught up through him in love of things invisible. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Sunceli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, we venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. 
Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer to the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. For those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
of the Father's love begotten, ere the worlds began to be. He is Alpha and Omega, be the source, the ending He, of the things that are, that have been, and that future years shall see. Evermore and evermore. Oh, that birth forever blessed, when the virgin full of grace, by the Holy Ghost conceiving, bear the Savior of our race, and the babe the world's redeemer, first revealed his sacred face, evermore and evermore. Let us pray. For the many mercies which surround us, we give thanks to you, O Lord, who save us through the nativity of your Son and gladden us with the celebration of the blessed martyr Stephen, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once in royal David's city, Stood a lowly cattle shed, Where a mother laid her baby In a manger for his bed. Mary was that mother mild, Jesus Christ, her little child. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. 
celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.